This episode brought to you by MakeSpace. Wish you had more space in your home? Yeah. Duh. Use MakeSpace. They'll pick up, store, what, and deliver your stuff. Get started at MakeSpace.com and use code CHICAGO50 to get $50 of free storage. They deliver it back to you, man. What are you doing? Blurry Photos, dans association avec Film Français, présenté Le Bête. Qui peut vaincre le yeti du feu? Je refuse de combattre le Sasquatch. Et l'homme squelette à lui? Le squelette riche à poker. Je suis l'incarnation de la nouvelle mère d'âge. Sommelage! Non. Marie, où allons-nous cacher? Vous cachez dans la bibliothèque, les livres doivent vous mettre à l'abri. Merci. Merde. <rire> Cet automne, un film d'art. La bête. La bête. Non. Hi! <rire> Bonjour! <rire> ça va? Oui, oui. ça va! <rire> oh, comment allez-vous, everyone? Uh, Dave Dave likes to uh, to show off because he he took French. <laughs> On account of him taking French and no. all. <laughs> Je m'appelle David Flora. Nice. I know I know I know a smear yeah. smear just scattering. <laughs> Et tu? Très formidable. On the you're, you're very formidable. Oh, well done. Oh, formidable. Oh. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm still in Spanish, dude. I can't get my head out of Spanish. I, I heard tabla. Je m'appelle Dave Stecco. There you go. Le wink. <laughs> Hello. And this is Blurry Photos. Yes, it is. In any language. <laughs> but mostly English. Mostly, but mostly English. As, as, as well as we can manage. Yeah. Mostly English. Really trying to break into that Eurozone market. <laughs> Next week, all German. We've done that too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys are having a wonderful uh, September. I mean, it's just September. No, it's not. It was a trick. You've That's been tricked. right because it is. Flippity flu. Welcome to Welcome to the flippity flu. Welcome to week two of week Le deuxième. Oh. Du- yeah. People, people are going to get tired, but you know yeah. what? I got one more for you. What? Oh! Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> That's 
Bertie French. French headless horse. Uh, this episode has nothing to do with France, oh, by the way. It doesn't. Nothing. Zero. It doesn't. Just Sorry. in case you thought we were somehow foreshadowing. No. No. We're no we're we're nor shadowing. That's what we what's what we like to call a curveball. Call it yep. We're not doing it. Yeah, it's a curveball. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Good, I, good show for you tonight. I hope you're enjoying some crisp weather, some crisp apples. And, uh, and, and just really getting into the fall season, man, this is, I can feel it pumping through me, man. It is the power of the fall. It is the chill in the air. It's jacket weather. Fucking ain't right, man. That's right. Oh man. How I, glorious. I'm so into this. Uh, except I, uh, I, I'm about a week away yeah. from, uh, Tick, less than a week away TikTok, from, bruv. from running my ass all across the hills yeah, of Kentucky. But you are just about to cross like, cross like that, that eye of the hurricane where you're like, okay. Now I rest. No more training. I wait three days and then I run until I die. That's right. You're about to hit the eye of the hurricane. So yeah. congratulations. The good thing is once I hit the eye, th- the rest of it is is over. I don't have yeah. to run ever again in my life if I choose. Yeah, if you so choose. So if your girlfriend lets you get away with that idea. I, well, think, she, I think there's going to be more running. I'm telling you, I'm going to try to get you guys slid over to a biking lifestyle. Easier on the knees. Sure. Lots of fun. It's really great. I know I I know I love it. I I believe you. I believe you. But you know what's good is it's good to run to stay in shape if if that's all you have. If there's no bike available and let's say you're you're out in the woods on the fucking darkest of uh, September nights. Oh yes. Something just comes out of the brush at you. You're going to need to to be able to run away from that. I, that's I'll, that's how I'm going to keep running. See, I'll tell you what from from the moment of my birth the good Lord made me for fighting and not flighting. I, I am a bad runner. I'm a slow runner. I am a clumsy runner. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I am a good fighter, but that choice was made for me. Even as a kid playing hide and go seek, I put all of my personal skill points into hiding. Well, yeah, I made, I made decoys. (laughs) I had trip lines that would make other bushes shake. If people got close to me, I did everything I could to avoid the part where I break cover and run because it was all over. It was all <laughs> over if little Davy had to run. <laughs> that actually is on topic uh, tonight. Yes. Not French, but running in the night. Yep. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice little classic monster tale. Yes. This is this is awesome. This is in a proud tradition of uh, mid-century classic spookily dookilies. Yeah. Uh, so, so for this episode, we're going to be telling you all about... The Flatwoods Monster. The Flatwoods Monster. The Flatwoods Nice Guy. Mm. Hey, guys. <laughs> I didn't say judging nice guy. I was judging you, mm. then doing what you asked. Hey, guys. Flatwood Monster. Um. <laughs> It's going to make a real, real hard episode to get through. Oh, God. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about what the Flatwoods Monster yeah. is. <laughs> we'll talk about the history of the sightings and everything that went down on that uh, that noise. That fateful night. night in a night almost like this in a place approximately near where you are. Were we such a different country than yes. Yes, yes we were. Always. And, uh, you know, go through some of the explanations yeah. that we like to do. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, I, I am a fan of this across the board. This is a, a perfect on them. I'm surprised we haven't done it before. I, yeah, me too. You know, we, it's it's a listener suggestion. Thank you, listeners. 
Uh, nice, nice to get one of those checked. And uh, I, I think it's a perfect mid Photober. Oh uh, yeah, delight for us. This is the this is the proof in this the 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 blurriest of Photober months that the spookily can come directly to your dukily. <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> And you know what? What? If we showed you an anatomy chart, please don't point out the dookily. <laughs> I'd rather not rather not see that. Uh, well, it's a fact of physics. Spookily is always attracted to dookily. <laughs> Putin's law. This is the, I, I, one of my favorite things about a scary story, or, or, or especially of this kind, it's that it comes to you. These people <laughs> yeah. don't, they, these people were just, hell, they're playing football. That's on right. A, on, a, on a on a, a a crisp September day. Yeah, I'll get into it here. Yeah, let's get into this and uh, and let's let's talk about this stuff because it's uh, it, it is awful fun. So, according to some eyewitness reports from the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia, which is a pretty badass county, Braxton County, Braxton County. Yeah, Braxton County, just uh, just near uh, a place that we have visited earlier. Um, yeah. in, in the podcast that I pronounced incorrectly. Whoa. Yeah, don't worry. You were taken to task on that. I, I've been pronouncing a lot of stuff wrong. Apparently well, it's Kanawha County, not Kanawha. Well, you're going to, you know what? Take it up with all Kanawha. the small folks in, in, in Portland, Oregon, and their, their Willamette River <laughs> and all their precious other ideas about what freedom means to them. God, I, I, if I end up in Portland, I'm going to have to watch my back. <laughs> you really people, will. You're going to get, uh, I'm going to get my, the, people are going to whip their yerba mate tea at me and that shit's hot. <laughs> and then you fall down a deadfall. Yeah. Never seen again. Ever again. Prostitute. <laughs> Guilty um, as charged. So there were some eyewitness reports, uh, of a creature that was sighted in the woods on the night of September 12th, 1952. The witnesses saw a fireball streak across the sky and land on a nearby hill, and gathering a small band of locals, went to investigate, thinking it was a meteor. What they found, however, was more than their curiosity had bargained for. Descriptions of the entity included the following features. A 7 to 12 foot tall figure with a round face, two glowing eyes like portholes emitting light, a long, dark body that wasn't humanoid, and a spade-shaped cow-like feature behind the head. Reports conflicted about its arms, with some saying it had no arms, and some saying it had tiny claw-like arms in front of it, and yet others... T-Rex arms? Yeah, and others saying it had long spindly arms with claws. Hmm. The thing apparently hissed at the group, floated up, and then hovered towards them, at which point the witnesses tore ass back down to town and called the sheriff. <laughs> a noxious gas was reported around the creature as well, and several of the locals who investigated apparently suffered differing levels of sickness. Afterwards. Yeah, inhalation-style poisonings or whatever. Mm -hmm. The locals, understandably shaken, soon grew weary of the fame the story generated, and research into the event eventually died down. The creature became known as the Flatwoods Monster, <laughs> the Braxton County Monster, <laughs> the Phantom of Flatwoods, <laughs> and the Green Monster. <laughs> Several investigations later, no conclusion was reached on what the locals saw or what exactly happened that night. So there's 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 the facts as they presented. Yeah. So let's let's go through history of the sightings. Yep. Or the sighting or. 
what just uh, just details about what it what happened because it's a one night deal. Yeah, uh, you can you can connect a lot of dots and and strings on the corkboard and stuff. But for what we're talking about, we're going to go the the September night here. Yeah, and I and I think what well, the reason why it resonates so much is there was a number of people involved in the sighting. Yeah, and there was a lot of uh, secondary corroboration. Like the next day, people went back and could still smell a metallic stench in the air. Um, there was, there was, you know, there was, uh, by some accounts, one of the witnesses dogs died um, you know, the next day. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to kind of make it stand out. The other thing that, um, you know, I don't, not for nothing, but this, this, where this occurs in, in Flatwoods, West Virginia is more or less just dead center in the middle, middle of the state. Sure is. Absolute center of the state. Um, and I don't know that there's a heck of a lot around it in terms of what uh population centers or yeah um, i don't think flatwoods is very big itself right right for one thing um and so you know obviously like we hear in a lot of these kind of cases that you know it's the thing that happened and it becomes you know after a while one, one thing that actually to me lends credence to it is that people didn't enjoy the attention that was getting generated from it true which is which is an interesting departure a lot of places you know just point pleasant west virginia you know they you if they find a way to sell t-shirts they will continue to i'm not saying you couldn't get a t-shirt if you went there i'm sure you could <laughs> sure yeah and the spot that it's in um is is, is right in the middle of appalachia mm-hmm. or at, at least the on the eastern side if 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 anything yeah. it's it's right there in the in the low mountains it's remote uh remote Hilly, Billy, silly. <laughs> um, so we'll start out. Uh, we'll start out with the sighting here around seven fifteen p.m. on September twelfth, uh, when a few of the local boys were playing football on a playground yep. in Flatwoods. Without warning, a blazing object streaked across the sky at treetop level and appeared to land on a nearby hilltop, a piece of land on the Bailey Fisher farm. Thinking they had just spotted a meteor and excited to check out where it landed, the boys, Eddie and Freddie May, and Tommy Heyer, who were ages 13, 12, and 10, ran to the May's home, busting in to tell their mother Kathleen what they had just seen. Now, here's the thing. First of all, the fact that Kathleen had named her two sons, Eddie and Freddie, or Edward and Fredward, <laughs> um, <laughs> Just just a, an appalling lack of imagination on her part. <laughs> Although I kind of would like to name a kid Fredward now. Fredward. It's pretty good. Well, Kathleen had just gotten off work from the local beauty salon and hadn't even taken off her uniform. And 17-year-old cousin Jean Lemon, who was a West Virginia National Guardsman, had stopped by for a visit. Show um, off his rifle drill skills. That's right. Once a month. Um, his port arms. <laughs> They listened to the boys, and then they agreed to take them up to the farm since the boys believed meteorites to be uh, of, of great value and wanted to search for one. Gene grabbed a flashlight, and the five of them took off, soon to be joined by a couple more boys, I assume Rocky style. Yeah, I think, I think that word got out that there was a doings going on. Yeah. Neil Nunley, who was 14, and Ronnie Shaver, who was 10. And I have to imagine, to, to make like this perfect... Americana fifties image complete that one of them was wearing a coonskin cap. One of them was wearing a pot on his head. 
Uh, One had a wooden sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they were <laughs> they were going to march off. Yeah. One of them had like a Dennis this menace style slingshot in his back pocket. Back pocket and yeah. overalls, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big freckles, but only like four on each cheek. <laughs> also in the movie, he was played by a 46-year-old man. <laughs> uh, so they, they took off and also uh, Gene's dog tagged along. Uh, as they neared the spot that they thought this whatever it was had landed they noticed a strange mist had gathered around them followed by a sickening burnt metallic odor that irritated their noses and throats vaguely reminiscent of sulfur Hmm. gene's dog ran on ahead but soon came busting back straight past them and on down the hill to keep with our narrative i'm sure they blamed the fat kid that went along with them for farting they were all like beefer did you fart Stop calling me Beaver. <laughs> Beaver. <laughs> Kathleen then noticed a low thumping sound accompanied by a sound like sizzling bacon. The group pressed on, and as they neared the crest of the hill, someone spotted what looked like a pulsing red light a short distance away. Jean saw what looked like a pair of shining animal eyes to the side and up in the trees and shined his flashlight on them. The light revealed a large figure with a, quote, round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. The body apparently glowed red or orange from beneath it as it hovered above the ground with a bit of fog under it, and the eyes, like portholes, emanated light from within. The thing suddenly hissed and began floating toward the group, scaring the living shit out of everyone present. (laughs) All pants soiled. Gene yelped and dropped the flashlight, and everyone busted tail to get anywhere but there. Some kind of dark, oily substance splattered on Kathleen as everyone began running. Some of the kids fell over themselves trying to get away, and Kathleen May herself apparently hurdled a fence on the way back to her home. Left the kids to fend for themselves. Yeah, them. You could always make more. <laughs> Finally a chance to hit the reset button on the whole Edward Fredward debacle. <laughs> she was an opportunistic lady and the fact that she got the chance to get rid of beefer too gosh she hated that kid always broke in her house everybody hated beefer <laughs> kathleen called sheriff robert carr and he and a deputy went up and searched the site but saw nothing smell a little something yeah some reports say they did smell the odor uh but the next day A. Lee Stewart, Jr., owner of the Braxton Democrat newspaper, went up to the site and apparently discovered what he called skid marks on the ground and an odd gummy deposit that was not unlike oil. The witnesses were very shaken, and some purportedly had respiratory illness for days afterward. Gene was said to have suffered from vomiting and convulsions through the night, in addition to uh, throat irritation for some time after that. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the saddest part of the story, the dog that had ran ahead of them was found later to have vomited and then died. That was probably Kathleen, too. She was just trying to clear up. Beefer's dog. She's trying to clean up all the witnesses. (laughs) This is your chance, Kathleen. Don't blow it. No loose ends. (laughs) Uh, The story made national and even world headlines in 1952. And as its fame grew, so too did the inaccuracies in the story. What? That has never happened. You haven't heard of that happening before? Ever. Never, ever. Me ever. Denver, never. 
Nin Ninviar. Norval Ven. Nunk. Narnven. The Vevelninver. The description. Varven Vendry. You're hitting you're hitting all the languages tonight. Well, I'm just stealing a really great Mr. Show bit. The description of the thing was one of the first victims of this inaccuracy, as Kathleen's description, which included the lower part of the body reminding her of her green drapes back home and antenna-like protrusions from the shoulders, was drawn into an alien entity with long arms and claws wearing a dress. Yeah, now, this is actually, this is a fun moment to uh, ask each and every one of you, if you're not driving a car, riding a bike, or preparing for a Kentucky bourbon run, uh, go ahead and, and just throw that into the old Google, uh, uh, Flatwoods Monster, yeah. and hit images. Image. Yeah, there's a great amount of consistency, uh, and it's still spooky and weird. Yeah, yeah. Looks great. Yeah. Looks like a great, great little monster. Um, I do love, I mean... Even that there, it's being drawn based on someone's account of it, there is such a 50s sci-fi feel to how it's drawn. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, it, it, it's great. Her actual description included a metallic suit-like thing with long tubes running from its waist to the ground, a dark glassy helmet with portholes and small thin antennae jutting out from just below the helmet part. The press took the incorrect picture and ran with it, and numerous curiosos drove to Flatwoods to look around for themselves. And this is, as you were talking earlier, uh, people just started flooding into this small town, and would you, everybody's just walking around this guy's farm. Would you consider you, you and I to be curiosos? <laughs> I just threw that word in there. I liked it. No, I would like, I, think I would I'm be using okay it with it. No, I would be great. I would be fine if they were like, if uh, we got up to no good and we were in the news and they're like, local curiosos, David Flora and Dave Stecco, will be spending the next full moon behind bars. <laughs> well, when asked why they happened, they replied, you what, mate? Swearing me, mum, I'll have you. <laughs> and one would not stop saying as long as it gets its taste. <laughs> Oh, what interesting people. What curiosos. <laughs> I just figured that sounded like a good good term. It was people people who were curious just looking for It's you know what it is? It's, no, find. the curioso is like it's got that Italian flair to it, so it's like the paranormal paparazzi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're they're never helpful. They just descend on the town f shit up. They're running through oh, some yeah. guys' crops. Damn damn curiosos or the curiosi. The curiosi. Yeah. yeah. That's like exactly it. what it is. But, the, you know, the town, I don't want to say the town couldn't handle it, but they didn't want it. No. They didn't want all these people uh, traipsing through the, the fields and, and hills there in, in their town. It's, it's a nice, quiet town. Yeah. They don't, they don't mean They, they don't, don't like mean outsiders. Nothing. Yeah, don't like outsiders. Bring uh, in their, their newfangled city ideas and they're dancing. I mean, they ran Kevin Bacon off already. Yeah, and that was no small feat. Did you guys see how hard he was dancing in that barn? Damn. Damn. <laughs> a statement was made by the mother of Jean Lemon in which she said that at the approximate time of the crash, apparently her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. Then there was another report from the director of the local board of education in which he claimed to have seen a flying saucer take off at 6.30 a.m. 
on September 13th. So the morning after. See, and it's, uh, uh, this is one thing that, that always makes me crazy about these things. Um, and we, we've talked about this before on the podcast. The Ralph Wiggum effect? <laughs> sort of, but no, we were talking about this with uh, J. Nathan Couch. And I, I don't know if it's uh, the chicken or the egg. Does someone going public with their story give other people the courage to publicly talk about something they would otherwise have just kept to themselves? Or, oh, there's a thing going on. I want to be a part of it. I also, uh, Ralph Wiggum, I saw the baby and the baby waved at me. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. The the mother of, of Gene Lemon, I, I would have to think she would probably be on his side yeah. for it, right? I mean, she's going to support her son. Um, well, the alternative is that my son is either a liar or he's batshit crazy, so. Right, right. And I, I just, I wonder if, if, it, if it was made up, that's one thing, but then if it, if it did happen, and by it I mean her house getting shaken, the radio going out for a while. It's a pretty significant thing. Yeah. If, if the house I was in started to shake and then the radio cut out, I would call the police. I would call someone right then and there. Yeah. A, well, shoot. I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to get into talking about it without getting to the explanations. You know what I mean? True. But I, I hope I don't forget. I'll see if, if I can remember this and come back to it, but the board, the director of the board of education, the, the whole flying saucer taking off yeah that sounds like a ralph wiggum to me yeah you know what i mean well i mean yeah i mean doesn't that does it it's 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 hard to to know i mean he's the director of the board of education does he want to say he saw flying saucer now that other people are saying it maybe he feels like he's providing useful information or he's a public servant that never gets a lot of attention and decides he's going to bandwagon the out of this sitch (laughs) y'all yeah I hope that's what he said to himself. Yeah. That's <laughs> he heard too. He was um, going to hide in his bedroom. Then he threw that ass in a circle and walk out that door proud and strong. Threw it in a circle. Uh, you have that phrase today. And I was really, <laughs> really looking forward to an opportunity to use it. <laughs> Ufologist Gray Barker soon came to investigate and wrote an article for Fate Magazine and later a book. You have a subscription to Fate Magazine, which I am envious of. Well, I, I, I did, and I don't know, it's a, if we'll take a second to go on that aside, I got an, uh, an issue that said, this is your next to last issue, make sure you, sub- you resubscribe, and then I never got a last issue. Oh. Eh, you, you know, got, it's- You got taken for a ride by fate. <laughs> Whatever, Put that man. in your poetry journal, you hippie. <laughs> but I also don't know if the whole thing just folded either. I don't know if it's if it's still up and going. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's the People's Paranormal magazine. Yeah, it's it, it it's the working man's forty in times. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see. It's good bathroom read material though. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan T. Sanderson also uh, uh, came snooping around, and so did Major Donald Kehoe. Oh, that's a familiar name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you remember uh, Don Donald Kehoe, Major. Kiho has uh, come up in a few different episodes here. Like he was a, a very noted uh, UFO researcher, actually a friend, uh, uh, worked with Charles Lindbergh, but then ended up writing a number of books about, he got involved uh, at the point of Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was a, a retired major. He was in the war, um, still had a lot of contacts in the Pentagon, uh, not to make this all about him. Um, but one fun fact is he had one guy in his corner. I mean- Donald was a major, 
but everyone could use the help of the captain. Captain Carl Young, huge fan. Wow. Believed everything Kehoe said and said that he noted that Kehoe's, paraphrasing, but like Kehoe's writings about UFOs uh, lacked the the fan, the fan fantasy and the, the hullabaloo that usually surrounds these things. It wasn't all the drama. He was just reporting yeah. cold, clean, precise facts. Oh, well. so, yeah. Recently, though, research has been championed by Frank Faschino Jr. Frank the Machino Faschino Jr. That's, that's, that's the same one. Uh, who conducted <laughs> extensive interviews with the witnesses and collected videos, photos, Project Blue Book files, and articles in his book, The Braxton County Monster Updated and Revised, which you can find. Yeah, well, that's how you know you're getting the most recent version it's been updated it's been revised they've he, thrown away old things they've added new things i, I, I it's got gps i actually i think they did that because apparently his the the publisher or editor or whoever decided to tweak his stuff in in the first edition of it oh that's sweet then he gets to go back an issue with a director's cut and sell it all again well with 13 bonus paragraphs that were too hot at the time of publishing but he is he is kind of the leading researcher these days on it. Um, it might be worth uh, shooting an email to see, see oh, what yeah. he's up to and talk to him. I mean, he's I listened to him on a number of shows on that uh, blog talk radio, <laughs> <laughs> and he's happy he's happy to talk about it. And and he's done quite a bit of of research with this. And according to that research, he says there were more than one UFO sighted that night. Uh, one being seen in Tennessee. And then another one over Maryland flying towards Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. But there were maybe up to 21 sightings in total over a 24-hour period then. Be cool if there was a, an alien dogfight yeah. over the southeastern United States. Well, it, it could be because the stuff that, that he talks about, there was a lot of uh, craft that was falling apart. Hmm. And, and part of the reason... Uh, this one landed in Flatwoods, and and others landed similarly or or were in similar shape. Was that they were damaged they and were, were kind tussling. of they were they were kind of hopping hopping spots, huh? So yeah, you know it's it's fun to think about. Apparently, that Flatwoods UFO had been spotted earlier that evening over Washington D.C., which was two two hundred miles due east of Flatwoods. Hmm. According to our man Donald Kehoe. Air Force Intelligence reportedly sent two men in civilian clothes to Flatwoods, posing as magazine writers, and they determined that the UFO had been a meteor that, quote, merely appeared to be landing when it disappeared over the hill. I wonder if they recovered a, any meteor impact. Mm. 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 Oh. <laughs> nice. So that, 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 that's kind of what happened. That's, yeah. that's, that's that night. For you, uh, some things that, that that are interesting about that, like as far as the 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 order of operations, is that Kathleen got home and makes perfect sense. Instantly called the cops and instantly called the press. Yeah, that was a just Bing Bang. Cops, newspaper, Jun- newspaper, cops. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> you need a what uh, a scoop. Yeah, he's right. He's the only one that brings a camera. Well, I'll tell you what they're was uh, a deputy. I I think I mentioned a deputy went with the sheriff. The deputy had been out investigating a a possible airplane crash that someone else had reported just earlier. Hey-oh. 
they they obviously tie this together. But in in all the stuff that I read and listened to, I don't know that the deputy actually found anything in that in that uh, investigation, right? The previous one. Well, I think he got sidetracked by by the uh, <laughs> yeah uh, by the UFO. alien. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he yeah he joined. I think he and the sheriff looked at the site separately. Neither of them yeah saw anything. But yeah, multiple eyes on it. The uh, the newspaper man. Here comes the paper man. I I I can't remember. I think one one thing. This goes back to to what I was saying with the the inaccuracies just going all over the place because you start getting the the plot points mixed around a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, the order of operations changes yeah. over time, and oh, he didn't know when he went out there, and oh, but in the first version, yeah, I called all my friends, and yeah. Yeah, and uh, this A. Lee Stewart, the the newspaperman, one account says he went straight out there with the sheriff. One says he went the next day. Right. Well, since we're talking about it, let's let's talk about those skid marks that he found. Yeah, let's go. Let's let's it's go a, on to it. Let's let's yeah. talk about everything. Let's let's start let's there. Just stop let's, this charade. What a what can a I, what for, a chain Can I be raid. honest? Can I be honest with the listeners now? Can I please get? Can I get real? Can I get real? Because we're, 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 we're gonna keep it real. Are yeah, we gonna keep, are we gonna keep playing this game? Real. I don't want to play this game anymore. What? What? <laughs> fun, fun thing. <laughs> Do yourself a giant favor. YouTube the word crunt. K R U N T. You're gonna see a picture of a guy in a Raiders jersey with some Juggalo face paint. <laughs> Just enjoy the ride. You're you're welcome, everybody. K R U N T. Hey y'all. This is crunt. <laughs> Man, it's one of the greatest moments of the internet. If you're in the car, pull it over. Yeah. It's, if you're on the train. If, yeah, if you're in a car, you shouldn't be looking at YouTube. Pull Come it on. over. Yeah, pull the train over. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's talk about those skid marks. Go go, jump in. Jump in. Now, uh, so he found the skid marks. He also found the goo. Uh, the, yeah. skid, the skid marks were later determined to be from Max Lockard's truck, who kind of between groups of people moving out here was like well i'm gonna check it out myself mm-hmm. just drove his truck out there walkings <laughs> for chumps and sissies he didn't fight the he didn't fight the uh, the, the nazis so that he could walk N- places excuse me nazis nazis i almost said the kaiser and realized this, this was <laughs> the wrong little, time little late, yeah. little but he would have fought him too <laughs> if he'd have been there yeah fought him. <laughs> i love this i, I can uh, i can Imagine there's there's a chalk outline on the ground and he just drives through it. Yeah. <laughs> there's tape. Yeah. Drives through it. Drives through <laughs> it. He gets stuck for a little bit right in this indentation with goo and spraying it all over the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Finds an alien corpse, shoves it under the tire to get some traction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was damn near stuck. I don't know, look like a space cat. <laughs> They're going to give me some traction. I thought it was a damn skinned deer. It was screaming and hollering. I was like, I don't, you don't go to church. You don't, no matter to me. I solved two problems. Got my truck out. <laughs> shut that thing the hell up. That's right. USA. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they determined. The track's most likely from his 1942 Chevy pickup truck. So was the oil. Yeah. They thought it was just plain ass oil. Yeah. He, he needed to do a little work on his truck. Here's a question though: If if this oil was from his truck, what what got on Kathleen's clothes? Skunk shit. Oh, yeah. That, next, I mean, yeah. <laughs> next question. Solved. That that is that's one thing. Was it oil? It could it could have been beef or throwing up. 
Well, you know, could could it also have been something that was on the the brush or the things touching her clothes as she walked through a forest at night? Right. I yeah. I mean, they were pretty pretty sure it was oil or oil like. Well, here's my question: is if it's on her clothes, then why are we wondering? I listened to numerous uh, podcasts. I read some stuff said that it it got scraped and sent off. I, and I I I don't see, know if well, I that's tuned a, it out. That's or, better than I heard because. Aside from the one or two references to the, uh, that I, I never heard any follow-up on it, they mm. were like, oh, this is, even the thing I read had the thing with the tires. It didn't, it wasn't attributing the goo to the truck, which makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, so yeah, I never really heard much of anything in what I found about the, the, the goo. It, it stopped for me where, where they sent it off. I'm not sure where they sent it off, dude, it, but it was off. It was, probably, it was gone. Probably sent to the eggheads at Harvard. Harvard. The uh, the blue book explanation apparently is that it was a meteor. <laughs> that it was a 1948 Ford pickup truck with an estimated value of. It's a Kelly blue book joke. Oh, I see. <laughs> Eight thousand nine ninety five. <laughs> In that time, you could buy ten of them for that much. Uh-huh. And indeed, several reports from regular folks to astronomers stated that. A fireball or even numerous fireballs had been spotted in the sky that night, uh, but that doesn't exactly account for the smelly mist or the creature itself. Well, also, wait, what this is September 12th? Yes. Is that too late for the the meteor shower? Maybe not. The Perse- the yeah, Perse- Perse- yeah. The wow, pi- the I, I feel very smart for putting that together in my head. I didn't read that anywhere. Yeah. I just want everyone else to know that. <laughs> The only difference, I think, being that what people apparently saw was pretty big and close to the ground. Hmm. It, you know, it, it could still be part of of whatever goes on every September. Just maybe some big chunks cut in there. Yeah, you never know. But uh, going on to the to the old smelly mist. Yeah, stink mist. Call that skunk fog. Skunk fog. The smelly mist is interesting, as some reports say. Um, some later investigators smelled it. Some did not. The sheriff on the scene noted that there was a mist because, lo and behold, fog was settling in. Yep. It Done. Was, it was September. Closed case. <laughs> on that. On on the on what it looked like. What about this? What if our man, Mr. Lockard, actually didn't get there between everybody? What if he beat everyone there in his truck, which is leaking oil, burning oil, mm-hmm. probably making an unholy stink? And it's a it's a still night. It's cool. There's a little bit of inversion. That's what's pushing the the fog low. Mm-hmm. Maybe that all of that exhaust is just kind of hanging out in the grass. And then he drives off, and our intrepid friends, Beefer in tow, come flying out of the woods, huffing on his exhaust. Now, and and if he his truck had a bad catalytic converter or no catalytic converter, I don't know if you've ever smelled that, but there's a very strong sulfur smell to that. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there as a possibility. I, I mean, this is the time to do it. Because this is yeah. this is where we're at. <laughs> we are tossing those darts, Spit balling. <laughs> I I don't I don't like that. Yeah, could be maybe punctured the manifold. Yeah, yeah, spitting oil all over. I I the only reason I don't know anything about cars. The only reason I know about like the smell of a catalytic converter is it was a a thing that my dad was really into like knowing when a catalytic converter was going bad in my whole life growing up, a car would go by and if it, the exhaust smelled off, you're like, Oh, smell that <laughs> catalytic converters going. <laughs> and it, it did. It smells a little sulfury. It smells a little off. That's, but that happens. That's what you, uh, 
that, that's what you pick up. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you can tell when a, a fan belt's slipping just by the sound of that, that squeak. So can your neighbors. <laughs> so can everybody else. <laughs> it's the, there's no worse sound than yeah. an alternator belt. It, uh, unless maybe power steering fluid going out. What if, sounds? If that? you need it, it's it's pretty much the same. But when you're turning, <laughs> <laughs> it is like the worst baby oh Amazon, God. dude. We have just become the heirs to, to car talk. We just did it. I I used to have a, a car where the I think there was uh, some gas there was some gasket leakage around the the, the pistons. Mm-hmm. But oil, I think, would would come out, would seep out, and then burn, and then oh know, yeah, I, I would get that smell, just burned oil as opposed to to gasoline. It was motor oil, you know. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Ugh, that was that was the worst. But uh, next week on Car Talk, we're, yeah, uh, exactly. we're going to be talking about a 1942 Chevy pickup truck. Hold on, let me see here. Uh, brought to you by Dewey Cheatham and Howe, <laughs> and. Uh, I mean, actually, you know what? We're not far off that. They they have a they strong, have great yeah. yeah strong pun game. Oh yeah, on there. Yeah, and I forget which of them has has recently died, but oh, did they? Yeah, one of no, them that's did. Too bad. Yeah, R.I.P. Bruv. They they made uh, jokes and puns about uh, a different subject. Cool, bef- way before we got on the scene. So very true, very true. So, and and a, a more um, a more universal yeah. subject, I would say too. <laughs> to the Tappet Brothers, click and clack. Now, here's here's something interesting going back to the smell. Ivan Sanderson also noticed the strange smell in the grass, but stated that it was, quote, almost surely derived from a kind of grass that abounds in the area. Oh. He added, we found this grass growing all over the county, and it always smelt the same, though not perhaps as strongly. Oh, that's interesting. Steam yeah. grass. So could, could this grass Mustard maybe grass. Ha- have been burned that night? even maybe from a meteor. Oh, yeah. You know, and then the smell, that that smell would be intensified by that burning. Yeah, it smelled gross as f***. It's a really necessary swear there. I'm glad that I invested <laughs> in it. I think there are certain grasses that when burned will really irritate your respiratory system, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. There's, there's all kinds of plants that would do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, poison ivy, that will f*** you up. Well... Yeah, it's it's just interesting to think about if if something did get burned up or, or something that adds to the to the fog that's already rolling in, but also then you're breathing it in and that'll that'll screw up your I mean, they were talking about throats swelling and noses Yeah, you know, just hurting, just that burning in the nose and stuff. And to me that sounds like not not necessarily an allergic reaction, but an irritant. Yeah, from from the vapors or from the the smoke or whatever. Are you saying, Mister Flaw, that they got a case of the vapors? The vipers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that I think that's that's interesting. But another thing that's been thrown out: there are sulfur springs in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. There, there. I mean, there are places named Sulfur Springs. Could it have been something like that? That maybe you know? Yeah, they they didn't know about or seeping out or something coming from a cave. Who knows? The, the illness that the witnesses claim to have afterward exhibit characteristics of hysteria brought on by shock or trauma. At, at least some of them do. Scared themselves sick. Now, I don't know. I do. I don't know. For, I do. I don't know for sure. I do. I don't know for sure. I do. Have you ever been scared enough to convulse and throw up? Um, not yet, but. But you hope to. 
Yeah, someday. Krampusnacht. Krampusnacht. Scared convulsions. <laughs> I'm really I, excited about Krampusnacht. I uh, hope it happens. Um, I, I can imagine throwing up after running, you know, uh, full full tilt out of there and and being scared and, and having all that sink in and then blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Especially beefer. But <laughs> beefer. Uh, the convulsions, eh, I, I'll, I'll give that a pass. But the the burning, the irritation, all that stuff, I don't. How how would you, how do you get that from shock or trauma? How do you get that from fear? I I don't I don't have any idea. Well, I somebody I mean, would have to I'll explain say that to me. Well, I think that I don't know if you're going for the result of the same. You know, like you could get shortness of breath. That's not hard to no. see from shock or fear. Right. Um, I did. You know, I take it back. I think with enough adrenaline that can really mess with you. I had a friend once. Well, uh, I actually, I, maybe I saw something like this happen once. I had a friend growing up uh, and in Colorado Springs. We're not far from uh, where I grew up was not far from Fort Carson. Um, and there was a, a kind of fun Darwinian game. Um, GIs from Fort Carson, you know, 18, 19 year old kids on the, on their weekend passes love to mess with high school kids and yeah. they would chase us all the time. <laughs> But the game was with this. guns. <laughs> yeah, they would, you know, because they they'd blown their enlistment bonus on like Mustangs and shit. And they yeah. would they would you know hit on girls and you know get in trouble and whatnot. And they would chase and us and score. And they would, they would actually no, no. Every they had a rep. No girls would go out with a GI. Wow. Like yeah, it was discerning that, girls in Fort Collins. Uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs, south side of Colorado Springs, and maybe 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 in maybe in Fountain. Maybe, but not in Colorado Springs. Durango. <laughs> Cities. <laughs> but the rule was this. The 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 residential streets on, on Cheyenne Mountain there are so convoluted and switchbacked and weird. But once you got to the mountain, you were home safe. You could lose anybody <laughs> just because you knew where all the weird turnoffs were and yeah. you just you just double back. Boulders. Yeah. Turn double back, hit the lights, and just watch them scream on by. Huh. Right. But one day, um, it was this this kind of funny, weird thing happened where we all went out to see a movie, and it was a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls. These are the church folks, and we got this hilarious idea that we would beat the girls back to the house. We were all going like, to watch another movie or, or whatever. Mm. If we beat the girls back to the house, then when they got to the house, we would jump out of the bushes and scare the crap out of them. It would be hilarious. <laughs> so we get, we get to the house. We all get into our positions. We're all hiding. And the girls, uh, the girl, Michelle was driving, she had like a Jeep Wrangler, which is super cool in Colorado sure. and you know, no top and it was summertime pulls up. Wow. They let her drive around like that. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> she pulls up and instantly gets out and I, and she starts yelling cause she sees like my friend Ryan's car. She starts yelling for Ryan. She's like, guys, guys. And we thought it was cause they saw us. But then like a half second later. This carload of GIs pulls up right behind them, and they're all like, "Hey, what's up?" They had because followed she's topless. because she's topless. Well, as it turned out, all of a sudden, like eight guys come flying out of the bushes, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and and the guys are like, "Oh!" I mean, you know, they they like drive off. It kind of it worked out perfectly. <laughs> The, the reason I tell this story, though, is my friend Tim, like, for, like, a brief second there, those guys weren't going to run. And we were like, oh, we are ill-equipped for a brawl, oh. but we'll we'll do this. We're a little, we kind of got them outnumbered, but we're a bunch of church pussies, but we'll try. <laughs> um, 
And so they, they got in their car and drove off and it was fine. And my friend, Tim, his face got bright red. His eyes started to swell a little bit and he was, he had so much adrenaline jacked oh, through him yeah. that he was a mess for like the next two hours. Like he was just kind of like leaning over and like spitting and it, he was not equipped well for what like like the adrenaline and stuff. So maybe 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 that's possible. I, that's the I, point of my story is that Tim was all messed up from that. I I will take it. I'll take it. Yeah, adrenaline can can do that if yeah. you don't have the proper channels to let it yeah. to let it run its course. Yeah, if you if you if you if you bend that hose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> too prematurely. Well, yeah. All right. Very fun. I can imagine all of that. That's great. Especially What's your name? Topless. Topless Michelle. <laughs> Topless Wrangler Michelle. Right. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> wrangling around the town. <laughs> setting, setting residential um, ambushes <laughs> for enlisted men. Get him! Ah! <laughs> uh, washouts. Yeah. Uh, one more thing on that. It, some some people have thrown up mustard gas as as a cause of similar symptoms, too. Yeah, that's a a strange call because mustard gas is also lethal. Well, in in, in in enough, you know, in a high enough concentration, yeah. that's an odd, odd maneuver. I guess I guess that could fall under your um uh, uh experimental. Yeah, military accident, military experiment. You know why would yeah. why would aircraft be carrying mustard gas over American soil? I don't know because we didn't we didn't truck with mustard gas then. Right. I think we flirted with it in World War One. One, yeah. And we're like, ooh, never again. Yeah. So, so it's not like that would be a, a thing we even had. We didn't even have it to transport it to get rid of it at that point. You know, like. Yeah. Almost I mean, 40 years later. Right. So. Uh, let's talk about the creature. Yeah. I, yeah. We've had enough of the appetizer, <laughs> enough of the previews. It's time to watch the movie, eat the steak. Let's do this. Now, this, it's it's a little little harder to explain. Uh, since there were so many witnesses mm-hmm. to it, but therein lies the problem. I think while everyone described the birthday cake, not everyone agreed on what kind it was, or if there was writing on it, or even what color the icing was. I, you know, what I like, especially after seeing the pictures of this, is that it's sort of like, uh, sort of like Captain Pike from the first Star Star Trek, uh-huh. where he's. He's in the black thing with the three blinky lights and it's just his head sticking out the top. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the yeah. renditions are very Captain Pikey. It's just like yeah. an, an alien's head sticking out of like an iron lung. <laughs> well, and, and uh, one of the, one of the podcasts I listened to talked about, uh, it sounded like a Dalek. Oh, you know, exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> That'd be great. It didn't hiss at them. It just yeah. said exterminate over and over. That'd be awesome. Uh, here, here's a few explanations, and let's start with what you were just talking about. What if uh, it was a, a government military project? Mm-hmm. I, I think you've already thrown out some some very good facts on this. Uh, let me let me give you let me hit you with this. It's not my best shot, but I'm going to fire away anyway. Oh, damn it! That was what I got to say. This is from an article by Micah Hanks, and it goes, it's just a little snippet from talking about Nick Redfern, who is another uh, paranormal investigator, very prolific writer and stuff. Um, Nick Redfern has proposed there may be parallels between various descriptions of the Flatwoods monster uh, and a declassified Rand Corporation file containing a document which divulged various implements of psychological warfare. Rand is a non nonprofit global policy think tank. Apparently, you ever heard of this? 
Rand Corporation? No. Me either. I've heard of Rand McNally. I've heard of Rand Paul. Mm. Um, Blame your state for him. Uh, you know what? Blame them all. It's, <laughs> what a mistake. <laughs> what a glorious mistake. Yeah, it, it sounds... I had never heard of this before this. It sounds like a fucking evil super yeah. super company. I maybe we'll have to do I'll say this. Uh, it's very easy to just blame a big a big it's easy to blame corporations. You know, like it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Like what does what does Rand get out of that? That seems like a weird maneuver. Out, out of this? Yeah. Oh, well, let me keep going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Like now it's not rhetorical anymore. Flora, what does Rand get out of that? Well, well, I we'll see. We'll see what if they get anything, but Apparently, during the Second World War, British Army officials devised a scheme that would involve the creation of a 12-foot-tall scarecrow that would emit various loud noises and other illuminated visual effects, which would confuse or frighten the enemy. In his book, Nick Redfern's Monster Files, Nick makes associations between the description of the scarecrow in the Rand Files and the Flatwoods Monster noting that the particular spade-shaped head of the latter matched separate documents which suggested that Osa spades might bear certain significance for use in psychological warfare due to bad omens associated with it. That's, that's, that's from his article. Okay. What does Rand get out? I don't know. They had a file on, on it that talked about, about that. That's a, I, it seems a stretch to think that a scarecrow is going to frighten Wehrmacht soldiers. You know, if it looked like what they said it looked like. Yeah. And it's I mean, 1940s. In, but okay, so let me ask you this then. Uh, in, in this, you know, scaring German soldiers. Is that the, was that the regular rank and file German? Wehrmacht? The Wehrmacht? Macht? Oh. It sounded right, but now that I say it, think about it later. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Anyway, the moral of the story Storm is Stormtroopers is yeah. all I know. Um, well, there's, there's a big difference between German enlisted and actual Nazi... Uh, uh, SS soldiers and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, as a right. matter of fact, there's a there's actually a lot of really interesting stories about because you know a lot of the rank and file German. I mean, they, they were just regular Joes that got pressed into service. About them actually being heroes, like saving a lot of Jewish lives because they're like, man, we don't know what the hell's going on here, but we know this isn't right. Um, there's 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 a there's a, a fair number of stories about that. So that's that's an interesting piece of history that doesn't matter right now. But okay, so scaring. 10 and 11 year olds and a mom in the woods versus let's say a squad of German soldiers who all have guns. I, if I was with six other dudes and we all had semi-automatic weapons and I saw the glowing eyes and it was 12 feet tall, I just, I would just take a knee and open up, you know, like that, I, that wouldn't scare me at that point. Yeah. Devil's advocate, a hard to know what, People in 1942 thought about uh, st- something like that, though. That's true. I, I'm just saying, like, as a, and I've, I have gone on the record in this podcast before. I am absolutely the guy who swings the baseball bat, who fires the shotgun, yeah. who doesn't ask questions. And if they come in peace, I will be the reason we get killed. Sure. Because I'm absolutely going to take it out. Yeah. You're not even blowing the dust off of the space cookbook. No. You're, I you're, am throwing you're the cookbook yeah. straight at them. <laughs> That's right, because I wanted to talk to the Mothman. You yep. wanted to blow its its yep. face off. Yep, I stand by that decision. Uh, yeah. So I'm just saying, mm. hard to hard to know what somebody then would think. We, our culture is so <laughs> immersed true. in fucking 
modern warfare games and and the first person shooters and shit. That's I, true. I really I, think it des- desensitizes. That is an excellent point. You you are correct. I mean, by virtue of uh, hundreds <laughs> of hours of, 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 for lack of a better word, training, <laughs> right? To to assess the weakness of an alien and open fire. <laughs> you're right. You're right. My reaction is not. <laughs> Is is not necessarily I mean, the reaction they would have to that. That's a really good point. Half of Borderlands Two is that monster, yeah. Around and you know, Destiny, yeah. man, that's so, good at killing aliens. So, just an interesting, interesting thought that uh, Nick Redfern brings out that Micah Hanks points out. If you are that listening, we just told you about. <laughs> if you are listening to this and you'd like my help fighting uh, Zur and the Codan Armada, please get in touch with me. That's uh, hit us up on the contact page. Uh, and just let me know that you are a uh, designated representative uh, so that I can go up into orbit and use my alien killing skills. He can do it. He will do it, too. Yeah, without hesitation. Flora, you're going to want to make him like a logistics officer. You want to make sure that he's getting all the ray guns to Alpha Base Theta. Um, I can snipe. Yeah. I can snipe, dude. Well, I don't know. You want to talk to him. That's the problem, Flora. Well. There's no time for hesita- hesitation. And I'm a diplomacy officer. Fair enough. Fair enough. You can you can be there when they sign the armistice. <laughs> be bored. I'll be bored. I'd rather be up with a gun on him. Um, wow, I, I'm I'm so complex. <laughs> what a mystery. <laughs> How about this? How about it was an alien? Oh, oh what? what? It, it was an alien in, in some metal suit of some sort. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, you know, it, if if even if it breathed our exact atmosphere, it is not safe as pointed out by H.G. Wells, for them to be exposed to our microfauna. Yeah, yeah. Or macroflora. And it was uh, possibly damaged, which would account for the spraying of the oil, and then maybe took off shortly after it was found. Yeah. My question is, why oil? I mean, everyone needs a lubricant. You know, the fact that it was just regular oil, I mean, and, and actually... It's a good point. Do we know that it was just regular oil? I don't we think don't we know. did. We do. I don't think we know that. You're right. Could be any of a number of very crazy, weird things. But yeah, oil does seem of all the things to leak out of a spacecraft. Oil seems like a weird choice. Yeah. Just in the simple fact that for interstellar traveling beings, the the worst thing you could use for efficiency and propulsion <laughs> right. is, is some kind of uh, oil-based... Yeah, um, fuel. a petroleum-based fuel, it means that you, in order to get more fuel, you have to find a planet that was covered in life, and then all that life got buried billions of years ago, and now you have to get that back to the surface to put in your ship. <laughs> anyway, just just throwing that out there. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, why not? It's, uh, how about uh, this this one? It was a large owl sitting in a tree and whatever brush was under it gave the impression of a large creature of a larger creature owls especially common barn owls yeah have round looking faces large eyes and according to gray barker their cry is a shrill rasping hiss or snore now uh, if you're wondering if you're not near a computer the barn owl is the same species of owl as the opening of a uh, labyrinth that's what a barn owl is. It's got that big heart-shaped face or yeah. upside-down spade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I 
really like this theory. I know as much as we hate people who blame shit on the Sandhill Crane, and I think that the Barn Owl is is just a very close runner up on Sandhill Crane for misidentification. But in this case, first of all, this kid is shining a flashlight around, and he sees when he's shining the flashlight at, at the 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 object that he saw, which which is kind of hard to be you to parse one without the other. But let's pretend the object's not there. Okay. He sees something, he sees the eyes glowing in a tree, which if he's shining a flashlight around, and even if he isn't, that can still happen, you're seeing reflected light off a night hunter. It's just like a cat's eyes. I mean, their eyes are are like night vision goggles. They're designed to amplify light, and you can see that reflection coming back. Um, the, The face is white. It's visible at a distance. And if it's up in a tree, you're already freaked out. Little, you a little pareidolia with the uh, the branches or whatever, and yeah. then um, the the idea of it hovering towards them, you know, it could could have flown towards them. Also, the 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 tiny claw like arms. Mm. I I I feel like this barn owl is a slam dunk. It's it is what I would bet. Uh, if I was like a I had a problem with gambling and I was like I just need one more big score. All I have to do is like put up the mortgage of the house. Uh-huh. This is the thing I would do that for. I, it, and this is the rarest thing in all, but uh, for once, I feel like a very mundane explanation really checks all the boxes. And I have a sound of a common. Oh, owl. sweet. Play it. That is the worst sound I have ever heard. Isn't, isn't that if terrible? I heard that, yeah, I heard that in the woods. I would shit my pants. <laughs> I, I would put beaver to shame. I would. Oh my god, that first one. Oh yeah, fuck, son. Yep. Now and like I said, everybody said it hissed, and then started coming towards them. I mean, that's yeah. a hiss. That's that's a proper hiss, and and the sound like sizz, sizzling bacon. Yeah. I can, I could even go that far. Yep. I well, I I feel very confident that I mortgaged my hypothetical. I bet my <laughs> the my mortgage and everything and my marriage and this my hypothetical gambler world on this. You know, it, I completely agree with you in that this is one of the lamest, most mundane excuses or explanations uh, that that they that they could come up with. Yeah. Yet. It does check a lot of boxes. It does. I feel strangely like, enough. I feel like it just, just yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I would, I mean, even for people who live in areas where, with owls, they you, don't see them that often. No, you don't. It is a rare thing to see an owl. And so, I mean, if everything just worked out, I mean, it's a spooky night. Oh, I could, I would go, I would fall for that myself in a heartbeat. I'd lose my mind and swear that I saw the, and then I saw the baby and the baby waved at me and it wanted to eat my eyes. That's right. You don't think of an owl making that sound either. No. I mean, you want to you want to hug an owl, get some wisdom from it and hear it go, "Who? I wanted to bring my 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 letters Who? from my wizarding academy." Who? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, you wanted to to bring you little boxes of chocolate frogs and all this right. gobbledygook. No, man. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That's a noise I make to freak you out. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Owls, man. Um, Still not as bad as the bunyip sound, but. 
there, there's one more that people throw out mass hysteria that was brought on by fear that the group was, was startled and so they imagined a creature stalking the dark woods and, and that one to me it doesn't hold a lot of water to me just in the fact that all of them separately drawing even the same looking thing right that would be that's an i can imagine a lot of people deciding there's something scary in the woods and going out in the woods and all reporting back yeah scary stuff in the woods i can that doesn't surprise me but the fact that they all have the same image yeah means that they did all see a similar thing and and oh you could you could say that they all got together and said here's what we saw so we're not so people don't think we're crazy or I, I, you know, it's, it's adding more layers to it, which always is, is kind of a death knell for an explanation in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Very true. Or it could be just a fucking Sanjo crane. <laughs> gotcha again. Scared y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> so that's, that's what we got. Yeah. That's what we got for you. Woo. That's the Flatwoods monster. Boogity boo. In a, Foggy, smelly, hissy nutshell. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. It messes up my throat. Yeah, me too. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, you know, there was one uh, other thing that people found when they went out to, to that hilltop. Uh-huh. Um, when they got out there with with uh, Beefy and Beefer and everybody, uh, is that there was the mist on the ground. There was something glowing. And in the midst of all that, there was a gigantic steaming pile of puns. <laughs> Flora, do you want to go first or second? What what pun position would you like? I'll go first. All right. <laughs> Request denied. Anyway. Because <laughs> uh, I think you're going to steal one, so I'm going to get to it first. Ah, nice. I don't know if you will. I don't know if you will. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think in our history, there's been like two, once or twice that we've actually pun thefted. So I, I have a creature seen around pet stores. Uh-huh. It's really creepy. Uh, usually at night, made entirely out of feline food and toys. Really? Yep. It's the cat goods monster. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got one for you. Okay. In a dark, grim, post-apocalyptic future when mankind is strung out along the wasteland deserts, just trying to stay alive, hoping to find clean water, there are still sightings there's still things unexplained and whenever that happens there's one woman who arrives on the scene to document it in her gigantic terror truck and her robotic <laughs> left arm she's imperator curiosa <laughs> hey look at them curiosos <laughs> all right uh there's a, okay. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right, we like to have fun. Right. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite we characters. Like okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's a place in West Virginia that used to have a creature, but it left. And for people there, life is so cruel without it there beside them. If only it could return and unbreak their hearts in Tony Braxton County. Uh, <laughs> you had to look up a Tony Braxton song, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nobody. Who knows a Tony Braxton song? Oh, that's, that's well played. That's... <laughs> that's all i know well that's hopefully all anybody knows or that's a terrible (laughs) (laughs) you know in um uh central west virginia 
in the the town of Flatwoods, there is a uh, one entity that's known to the people. It's always horrifying. It's always a best avoided. The kids know. The parents teach them to avoid. But it's plaintive cry of, yeah, this place used to be so much cooler before everybody started coming here. Haunts the woods. It's the Flatwoods hipster. <laughs> Yeah, they got the beard down, I would I bet. Are these scarves artisanally sourced? No, that's not oil on me. It's pomade. <laughs> yeah. Nice call. No I say. No I say. That's a balsamic reduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well the only thing more terrifying than than, than a barnell in the night. Yeah. Is the screeching of a <laughs> of a legion of listeners. It's time for Listener Uh, All right, so kicking it off, how about a grand slam for my friend Graham? Graham. Graham slam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Graham writes, G'day, guys. A huge fist bump coming you from the land down under. Oh, Since there's two of you, I guess it's a double fisting. (laughs) Just kidding, mate. That's as much as Australian as I got in me. You were you were riding shiny and chrome there. <laughs> well, for here's the thing: it was I, I got to kick it off with a good day, so that's great. Yeah, I could ride that out one. for a while. And right when I started losing momentum, he gave me the phrase "land down under," <laughs> so it was great. <laughs> he helped me out. Help me out. Got your feel. Got your feel up That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> he writes. Awesome show. Thanks. I've been consuming your back catalog lately. No, no, no. And I, I make it a point to donate to podcasts I love. Why, thank you, Graham. Hey, thanks, buddy. That is awesome. Thanks, buddy. He says, truly, buy a case of beer and crack one during recording for me. Okay, done deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, now, see, Flora, since he explicitly told us to do that, we get to use podcast money to buy a case of beer, which we've never done before. That's true. We actually meticulously... Only use donation money on the podcast, but he told us what to do with it. Well, our hands are tied. We might need to. Yeah. So I'm not drinking this week, by the way. Well, I don't blame you. You've got a, you got a, a, a big thing yeah. to, to prep for. Ugh. You're going to do the, the bourbon run. So yeah, you're a, you're a nitro burning funny car. I get it. That's right. Yeah. I respect that. But when you come back, hey, right. When I come back, all bets are off. Well, we'll have a whole case of beer courtesy of Graham. Thank you, sir. Now, I don't want to establish a precedent that's like if people write us in, uh, I donated, uh, you have to buy uh, Groucho Marx glasses, noses, and, <laughs> and extra itchy underpants. No. <laughs> no, no. It just works for things we already wanted to do. <laughs> Graham also gives us a great show suggestion. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Uh, he says, keep up the good work. And if you want anything, uh, if you want any coaching on an Aussie accent, hit him up. I will. Thank you. Yes, please. Uh, I realize that the crocodile hunter version is probably funnier for the rest of the planet, though. <laughs> crocodile so, Dundee version. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. He writes, uh, uh, salt your doorways, kick a black cat in the face. Time is but a door, death but a window. Oh. Peace out. Oh, let me, let me, I got to try. Salt your doorways, <laughs> kick a black cat in the face. Time is but a door, death but a window. 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 That was good. That was really good. Peace uh, out. Better than I could do. Yeah, no, I want to learn like conversational Australian. <laughs> I, when I was in Antarctica, I worked with a guy who was from like the center of Australia. How does that work? Well, it's, I it's, thought that was just nope land all over. Well, I mean, but the, the people who do live there, it's like 
There's there's no secret paradise. America doesn't have a neck red enough to cover like <laughs> outback Aussies. And this guy was really nice. His name was Alan. 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 Alan was an engineer. He could make anything. But he loved to drink prairie fires, which in the United States, if you've never had a prairie fire, it's a punishment drink. <laughs> uh it's Tabasco and tequila. And he would drink them like out of a rocks glass, like a cocktail at the end of the day. And uh it's like a serious Bloody Mary though. It's yeah. In a way. Alan was uh a big strong guy and he used to all he especially after a couple of drinks, I couldn't understand him. <laughs> hey Dave. Dave, you fancy cookie? <laughs> Alan, I don't I know technically it's English, but I'm not. Come on, Dave. You fancy a cookie? <laughs> I don't know what you're asking. Would you fancy a cookie? Are you offering me a cookie, Alan? Sort of said. Yes, I'll have a cookie. He would give me a cookie. He would also put me in a headlock or spin me upside down and throw me on the ground. And then he'd be, get off, I. <laughs> Alan was a lot of fun, but a lot of the times I couldn't understand him. Was, was his nickname Dunk? He was, I, I have a picture, uh, some pictures of me with him in a bar and in one picture and they were taken like, it's like a series of like in six seconds, like in one picture, we're all got our arms around each other and we're cheering the next picture, Alan's saying something and you can see me turning as though like, didn't quite catch that Alan. The, the next picture is me upside down. <laughs> and then in the next picture, it's just Alan and this other person and they're all laughing and I can't be seen anymore. It sounds like a silent film. Yeah. <laughs> he just grabbed me, spun me around and just thought it was hilarious. Then dropped me. That's great. He's a big man. So, hey, uh, yeah. Thanks, Graham. Thank you, Graham. Heard back from uh, Juliet. Hello, Juliet. Forsooth, Juliet. Yeah, she never gets that. Okay. (laughs) She says, so you guys love your ghost story episode. You're based in Chicago and no Resurrection Mary episode yet? How dumb are we? I mean, it's true. Yeah. She has a very valid point. I actually have two books on the shelf somewhere right there that I think kick off with the Resurrection Mary story. Well, then you have the least excuse. I have the, the least one. So you didn't, maybe that's something we... I'm sure there uh, there are one or two people in Chicago that would be willing to talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. We'll, 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 that'd be make for some fun bullstone times. Yeah, we could we could see what uh, what's going on with that. Yeah. But uh, thanks for bringing that up, Juliet. Thanks, Juliet. You are the sun. <laughs> uh, how about uh, Tyler? Hi, Tyler. Writes, hello, David and David. Hi. We're both Davids. This morning when I woke, I had no idea I would be facing the issue I'm facing right now. Oh, no. As I write this, I'm in the bathroom of the kitchen of the school I work in. (laughs) Now, I'm not using this bathroom, but I'm using it as an escape in order to write this email. At least he's not in the kitchen of the bathroom. I, he's writing this out, so I get to use full name here. Okay. I, Tyler Trott, need a nickname to use when I write into you guys. Please, if you can find it in your heart, suggest a nickname for me. I f***ing love this game. <laughs> Here are some details about myself. Tyler Trot. Work as a janitor. That's all the details of my life that come to mind. Feel free to use your imagination. Yours truly. Dot, Blank. Dot, dot. Oh, um, man. In the big city's toughest schools, only one man has the guts 
to clean out the garbage. Tyler Tron is part man, part robot, part reptile, all janitor. This fall on UPN, one man's taking a map to crime. It's janitor. That's what I got. Janitor. Yeah. Janator. Janator. <laughs> yeah. If he's got a drinking problem, he gets Janator up. Oh, sealed it with a pun. Yeah. That's uh, that's my first thought. But I mean, these are, it takes a while to really cement these things. So for the moment, how do you feel about that? Janator. Yeah. Janator. Well, it's, it'll always be Tyler is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a Tyler production of Tyler Films as. Janitor. Yeah, and maybe we just keep adding to his credits every (laughs) week. (laughs) Fighting crime in that school. Yeah. So there you go. All right. I like that. All right. So let me hold on. Let me wrap this up. Yours truly. A Tyler production of a Tyler Films third unit. Key grip. Tyler. What do you got? Avast, Dave. We've heard from uh, Captain Nate. Oh, shiver me giblets. Uh, Captain Sh- Nate says. Not, not, not so fast, lad. Shiver him harder. Creepy. <laughs> 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 Captain Nate says, all righty, boys. I promised you a harp story I'd be delivering. Aye. Tis interesting you bring Begich up. When Mark Begich was running for office, his brother's focus on harp conspiracies became another obstacle during the campaign. His brother's passion for revealing the truth about Harp began when their father died mysteriously in a plane crash, his body never to be found deep within Davy Jones' locker. I don't think that applies to plane crashes. Chuck Yeager's foot locker. No, Chuck Yeager's lock. Amelia Earhart's foot locker. <laughs> That's her uh, air locker. Her Coleman cooler with sandwiches. Locker. Her Air Force Hurt Locker. Now, when I was a young deckhand working in the water in Alaska, I worked with a salty old captain who remembers an interesting event during the first year of Harp. He was out at sea one night and saw what he described as a horizontal lightning storm that lasted for 15 minutes in Nyan, a day's uh, journey to the west. <laughs> uh, something, something, a tortuga. <laughs> now, lightning does occur in Alaska. <laughs> There's a place it does. <laughs> yeah, we've had sightings. <laughs> Tis but a tale. But in our part of the state, in the southeast, it's particularly rare, and 15 is unheard of. The next day, the Coast Guard got on the Mari, the Marine radio and announced that the government was aware, it. You found it. aware of a number of mariners having their JPS units fried during the odd storm the previous night. Oh, there's a weird line break there. They then listed contact information for the government program to replace those GPS units. Odd that the government would take responsibility for a mariner's personal property like that. Aye. Also... Did you hear about the comedian who's got his start in that facility? No. Harpo Marx. <laughs> Harpo Marx. Yar. Or the author who was inspired to write about racism after visiting the facility. Harper Lee. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, boys, see you on the high seas. Hi. Thank you, Captain Nate. Yeah, thanks, Captain Nate. That's kind of interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little research on that because yeah, if they're replacing radios, that's kind of maybe yeah, yeah who, maybe who that's gets a what government happened. issue radio. Yeah, I'm interested. Unless in that. the government f-ed them up to begin with. <laughs> this was from Taper. Taper. Hey, buddy. What's up, Taper? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Uh, he writes, "Hey guys, love hey. the Portland Shanghai tunnels episode, but I need to correct one bit. What? What? One bit would that be? <laughs> oh, what, it never is it zero one zero one bit. Tipper, are you even from Oregon? <laughs> Do you mean Oregon? Uh, the river running through Portland is pronounced well, Amit. You dumb sh. Oh, he even put schwa's in here." He went through the work of figuring out how to put the E upside down into a schwa. Wow. Not Willamette. He actually lives in Eugene, a bit further up the Willamette. I need to take one of those I think tours. I've heard of Eugene. Yeah, it's just up the river. Uh, I don't think this is really punishable, though. It's a common error. A carry on. Well, oh, he forgave you. <laughs> off my cap to that. Yeah. So thank you. You know, maybe he does, every, maybe so he every, does live in New York. So yeah, he maybe, can't call my maybe ass everyone out. in New Guinea is a little more relaxed than they yeah. are in Portland. You know, I think I don't mean to correct you in front of everybody, but I think it's pronounced Eugene. Oh, shoot. Eugene. My bad. It's okay. I think they're more relaxed happen. than the Portlanders. Maybe. Thanks, Taper. Thank you, Taper. Now, Flora, why don't you close us out? But only if you can close us out hard. I, I'm going to close us out harder than we've been closed in a long time. Shut up. You gonna slam it shut? I'm gonna slam it. I'm not gonna slam it shut. Who? Well, who could? Our friend Paint and Bob is going Holy to. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Paint and Bob. Fucking a right. That's right. We've Good missed to hear you, from sir. You, brother. Paint and Bob says innate superpower, Viagrability. <laughs> the power for any man to become invisible, but only until he gets an erection. <laughs> No, see, Peyton Bob, author of my single favorite uh, a mundane superpower, mm-hmm. Pelicanesis. Right. But, but yeah. And you know Serves what? Serves up another hot if you can't, What's the point of being invisible if you can't get a wood, <laughs> uh, get, your, get your wood on? Because, <laughs> come on. That's the whole reason anybody gets oh, invisible. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> he says, never forget, I am always listening. Always. Boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> Man, oh, now you, it's Paint blurry photober, motherfuckers. Glad to hear from you again. Absolutely. That is awesome. Highest of fives and strongest of eye contact salutes to you, Paint and Bob. <laughs> and that'll do it for this week's Leisner Mail. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yep. Please go on over to Facebook and like us. Go on over to, to Twitter. Follow us on there. Yep. It, Twitter is, is, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's fun. It's a hoot. It's, You'll it's, giggle when you do a real, it. It's a real bar now. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget to give us uh, five stars on the iTunes. That actually really helps us. It helps with our rankings. Yeah. The higher ranked we are, the more we get seen, the more iTunes puts us up, uh, you know, when they're new and noteworthy or they're yeah. what's hot or dare I even hope their front page someday, sure. uh, which is a huge deal. So please uh, continue with the five star reviews. We love seeing that. And it really helps the podcast. It helps us reach more people. So that's, that's right. awesome. Uh, don't forget to uh, get yourself a free audiobook from uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Yep. Or you can go to the link that's on the, the blurryphotos.org webpage. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to stand in front of a single burning candle. 
just quietly breathing in, breathing out, focusing your chi, execute one perfect attack, one strike to the donate button to end all strikes to the donate button, a perfect scalpel-like precision strike. Now you are the ninja. (laughs) You have passed the final test. As always, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Yes, yes, yes. One podcast you can check out. If you're interested in in Chicago stuff, check out Your Chicago. Twice a month, hosts Stephania and Arden chat with the folks who make Chicago's legendary food, keep our streets safe, star in our shows, organize our festivals, play our unique music, and more. So check out if you want to know a little bit more about uh, Chicago and ins and outs. Who doesn't? I'd I'd be interested in hearing about who keeps our streets safe. I want to know about who's rocking me like a hurricane. You think they have scorpions on the show? Maybe. You don't know. You you don't know. <laughs> so that'll that'll do it for this episode of Blurry Photos. I'm David Floratwood's monster. <laughs> and I'm Dave. <laughs> Stack up. I almost just died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.